while police photographing our license plate. What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando. My guest today are men of the 21st century. I often joke, you know, I'm still finding my way into the 21st century, but at least I know a lot of people who live there. My guests today, Ardish Ramakrishnan and Ryan Donahue. Ardish Ramakrishnan is a graduate of the University of Virginia, is an entrepreneur with passion for design and education. Currently, he is the CEO of Startship.co. Artish has been involved with mentorship and volunteering through numerous startup ecosystems. Ryan Donahue is also an entrepreneur and world traveler. After studying materials engineering, also at the University of Virginia, Ryan set out on a multi-year voyage, traveling across four continents and dozens of countries. Following his travels through Asia and Europe, Ryan settled in Australia to prove the connection between the beer-brewing industry and academic research. During his travels in South America, Ryan co-founded Startship, an online active learning platform, and currently serves as its CTO. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you today? Adarsh, give me a little sound bite so they know who's who. Yeah. Hey, Marcello. Um, thanks again for having me. I guess this is... Uh... The second or third time I've been on the show. Yes. And, uh, it's always a pleasure. Great. Um, I'm Adarsh, and uh, yeah, as you stated, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm the founder and captain of Startship, which is an educational product. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also a user experience consultant and, uh, and, and freelancer. Fantastic. And Ryan Donahue, who I've just been reminded he and I have worked to, together on a film with Adarsh. Yeah, um, I was there uh, when we were filming in, in our actual house. Uh, our fittings, very, very nice to meet you there, Marcello. Oh, yes. Uh, thanks for having me on the show again. The um, yeah, Irish and I have been working on this starship thing for uh, about nine months together now. Um, before this, um, I've been traveling all over the world, um, Asia, Europe, living in Australia, South America, and Irish finally brought me to my senses uh, when he invited me to uh, join him on the project, so... It's been, uh, it's been a fun adventure. I, I, I just got 
Marcello. Yes. I got, I got sick and tired of hearing about his adventure, so I try to make him normal. <laughs> I, you know, when he said that, I was going to jump in with that too. Excuse me. World travelers always help and usually are uh, inquisitive, intelligent, curious, uh, the kinds of people who uh, who in, envision a multicultural global view, which I always love. I think uh, well-traveled is good and you must bring a great deal to the company, Ryan. This is a new enterprise, yes, uh, Ardish? Yeah, okay. Yes. So what do you do there, Ryan? I'm the, the CTO, so I'm in charge of more of the, the technical side. Arish is more of the creative uh, genius, if you will. Um, but yeah, I make sure things are running uh, smoothly, making sure that all of our customer needs are, are being met, mm. the product is being developed at a reasonable rate, and that operations just kind of stay on track. Well, you know, every creative person needs you. <laughs> I've run into that. It's great to, you know, to be imaginative, intuitive, whatever, creative with the ideas. But unless someone really knows the technical uh, aspects, demands, availability, even challenges, I speak of, uh, as one who is still learning that. A lot of it's self-taught, I'm proud to say, but still, it is a challenge. So it's great meeting you again, Ryan. Um, what? Yes. Uh, so, Arish, uh, I'm going on and on because I haven't talked to you in such a long time, but uh, you're both uh, University of Virginia grads trying to encourage uh, America at least to shift from consumption mindset to a creation mindset. A, a lot of what uh, brought Ryan and I together was an, an ideological and philosophical discourse. Um, it's not so much that we agree or disagree on, 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 a, on a lot of topics, but it's more we can find common ground very effectively. Mm-hmm. And a large part of that is because we both have a strong technical background from education. You know, we studied engineering together at UVA. That was a big part of how we, we became close. Uh-huh. But um, Ryan actually went on to do his master's while I was founding my first company and, um, and working with uh, the engineering department at UVA. And, um, and as a result, we know how to take an idea, analyze it, and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and while most of the ideas and the concepts that we discussed don't really have too much to do with what we studied, it still is important that we have that basis because that gave us the process of inquiry, kind of the, uh, the fundamental step-by-step that we both developed on a personal level on how we go about taking a subject, breaking it down, and, 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 and understanding it, and uh, communicating our, our opinions and thoughts on it. And one of these things, you know, Ryan has been traveling the world, and I, I, I kind of live as, as though I could travel at any moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I've got to my parents. Um, but, um, I, I, you know, I've, I've always been very minimalist. I, I, I don't buy very much. Um, and when I do buy something, I, I try to buy something that's going to last me for a long time. Um, and, and, and a large part of that is, uh, consumption seems to be kind of a a hallmark mm-hmm. of, 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 of of not just not just a specific generation, but more of a way of life. Yes. So of this, of this span of this age uh, that we're in, and um, and of course we're selling a product. We we don't we don't think consumerism or 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 buying is is evil, but what we think that that and, and kind of holds people back is using using it to fill a void. Yes. That's right, right? Kind of using it to, to almost as an aspirin, as a social aspirin. Mm. Um, 
you can say that, but it's also just how you how you choose to allocate your resources, and a lot of that is going into uh, material, which um, it's nice to have, and it's very comfortable, but it also prevents you from being mobile. Um, so Arish and I have taken a bit of a different stance on that, where we more just kind of you know, use our use our resources to the things that we need, and then allocate what's left over to experience. Um, that kind of fits our style of life when we're doing instruction too. Being experiential learners ourselves, we're trying to bring experiential learning um, to a wide variety of people. Yeah, ed- ed- education is an experience worth investing in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, and for example, Ryan Ryan chose to travel as opposed to taking a more traditional route once you've completed a master's. That's for sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, but, yeah. That- but, um, but yeah. Yes, yeah, so because life life experiences, I think I'm hearing you say, are great education as well as earning degrees, university degrees. I don't think one should be pit against the other as though they are mutually exclusive. I think both in, enlarge our experience and therefore our uh, intellect. And if we are people who choose to share through educating others, well, then I think that's a tremendous, uh, a tremendously smart use of resources. Is that what you guys are saying? Uh, am I getting that, or at least in yeah, part? Um, yeah. You know, I had a mentor many years ago tell me that the purpose of life is to meet people and make things. Yes. Um, it, it, whatever it is you make, it, it, that varies from person to person. You know, some people are writers, some people are very good speakers, some people are very talented artists. Um, but meeting people, anything you can do to meet more people and diversify your 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 viewpoints, I think that that makes life a lot more interesting and a lot more complex. Yes. Um, back to what I was saying initially, where I chose to travel, um, and entrepreneurship has also been a great way for me to experience that, where I've had to wear a lot of different hats at a lot of different times. That's true, and this is your third company. Did this kind of start with you? Was it... Uh... Uh, was it something you always wanted to to do and be and uh, explore, develop, artish, or or was it in part reaction to the recession? I think that was about the time you guys were finishing up at UVA. Yes. Um, we were we were a couple of years after the recession. We uh-huh. were twenty twelve. So, we just starting when it happened. Yeah, we we were we 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 got to ride out the worst of it in college, which was I guess fortunate for us mm. uh, and for a lot of others, but um. I've always been vested in education. I've always had a foot in that in that realm. Um, you know, when I was teaching at UVA, when I was working with the department there, um, I've done workshops and stuff like that on the side. Uh, and this is, I would say, this is the logical next step mm-hmm. in kind of taking the way I teach and the way I think education needs to be done in order to be effective in the 21st century, especially mm-hmm. with trends like automation and outsourcing really dominating a lot of huge fields. You know, if we, if we want to make the workforce great again, we need to be educating the workforce in a very specific way and giving yes. them skills that go beyond just vocational thinking. It needs to be critical solving, critical, um, critical problem-solving skills as well. So uh, that's, that's kind of what motivated me to build this. Um, really part of our mission statement is automation-proof education for the 21st century. Um, what, what would you say, Ryan? About Starship? Yeah, what do you think? Is that in line with why... What, what kind of tree you need to the fray? Um, yeah, uh, really just the whole idea of having an alternative, non-traditional uh, learning platform, something that really 
designed or is designed to immerse the user. That's probably the biggest gift for me, and really, um, the fact that you get to actually get your hands on particular concepts and topics, and you can explore them in ways that you can't, you simply can't get in a lecture hall or in a classroom setting. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the ability to truly immerse yourself within yourself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a super powerful thing that you don't really. It's hard to kind of come by. I think it's a perspective, right, right. And that's something I didn't even really realize until I was traveling around where I finally had time away from, you know, family, friends, my phone, my computer, things like that, to realize, like, how powerful such an immersive experience can be. Yeah. So that's one of the, the biggest, uh, you know, characteristics of our style that, that really drew me in uh, to wanting to turn this into a, a real-world product with real-world applications. You know, right out of Peabody Conservatory of Music and then... Catholic University of Graduate School, I did a lot of uh, world travel, at least in Western Europe, and I hear what you're saying, Ryan, and I also want to mention something that, I, as I listen to you guys, when I was about your age, I was still a student, uh, so probably a little younger than you, a student at Peabody Conservatory of Music, and I, but I had this beautiful apartment, and Steinway Grand, and, and you know, it was well-appointed, drink the best wines, etc., not like most college students, perhaps, but that was my life. And I remember one day sitting there alone, looking about this really wonderful home and thinking, you know what, Marcello, these are just things. They're just things. You have got to, uh, I'm a people person, you've got to, and you need to be a people person. And as Ardish was saying, what he said, it reminded me of that memory. I wanted to share it and if you guys want to jump on that and, and continue that thought. But um, I just feel like um, the more we are buried, uh, uh, they're doing all kinds of tests now with high school students and their smartphones and taking them away from them for a week and then uh, talking to them after the week is up to see how they felt about it. And it's encouraging because they, they now, one young lady said, well, now when I go to dinner, I actually talked to my parents, and I thought, okay. So, guys, uh, I know I just threw out a lot, but I'm I'm enjoying what you're saying. Pick up wherever you wish. Uh, what do you think, Ryan, what, or Ardish? I think you're pretty much spot on with that. I remember some distinct experiences where I was more removed and kind of forced to be independent of those everyday leashes that we carry around in our pockets or our desks. Uh, one particular instance was when I was actually visiting Adarsh in India. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is the one time where Adarsh actually met outside of the country. Yes. <laughs> Nye, which is in the southern, the southern, you know, third probably of the country, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's towards the bottom. And I was up in Udaipur, which is a small town in the city of Rajasthan, um, close to the desert, up uh, near, relatively close to, uh, the northern, north, northeastern, northwestern border, sorry. And uh, to get from there, I had to take a 16-hour a overnight bus by an immediate 26-hour train ride. Wow. Um, so I basically spent a full two days traveling to this wedding. And of course, I show up, and I'm all haggard and smelly and sweaty. Like, <laughs> yeah. I felt very out of, uh, very inappropriate showing up, but it was, it was all good. But the point of the story is that over over that period of time, I didn't really have anything else to do with myself, right? Occasionally, I would talk to people, um, more so on the train than on the bus. And but a lot of it was just kind of looking out the window and just enjoying the scenery and really thinking about 
what you're doing there. Um, why are you going to Seattle? I'm going to go to Seattle. She goes like, what am I doing? And you're like, why am I away from home? And why did I make this choice? Is mm-hmm. it a good choice? It's working out for me well. Occasionally just interrupted by, you know, little children running around the, uh, the train car, like from a little plastic guns or someone offering you a coffee every five minutes. But, um, no, it was really incredible to kind of be away from, be, be away from all of the distractions and really, like, understand that, hey, I'm on a 26-hour train ride. The local language changes every two hours. Yes. Uh, I'm just about a place that some of the other people on this train who live in this country um, with a bond over that. And but some of those people I met on that, on that one particular train ride were, once they kind of realized what I was doing, they're like, oh, you know, they're offering me their food, they're having conversations, they're taking pictures. Mm. It was, it was a very interesting it, it, you know, and it's a beautiful proof of a, of a universal truth, if you will. It really does come down with all the chaos and, and warmongering and greed and whatever. You, it still comes down, when the people claim it, to people, person to person. The men and women on the street, in classrooms, and, and you know, working for a living. When they start talking... Um, I mean, I mean, different points of view start communicating with one another. Uh, miracles happen, I think. Arish, what do you think? I guess we should go to break. Yeah. That's a big one. We're going to go to break, but hold, because you're going to answer that question for me. Stay with us. We are having a marvelous time with these two entrepreneurs. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Taking care of an Alzheimer's patient is a pretty much a full-time Fifty percent of caregivers die uh, while they are caring for awareness someone. about Alzheimer's and research. Just because someone's mind is being diminished does not mean that uh, the ordinary physical things don't happen. They can uh, have a sore throat and not be able to tell you. And they can have something in their eye and not be able to explain it. So you have to be aware that in every respect, life is still going on for them physically, even though you are focused on the, uh, the mental dementia, the, the person is still living a life physically and emotionally. For all those who see this video, I hope you will learn more than I ever did before you ever have to know it. That's my message. Support, please, the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices Talk Radio Show. My guests today are entrepreneurs. They are product consultants. They invent creative things. Arash Ramakrishnan and Ryan Donahue. For all the chaos in the world, when people, the regular people who are, are trying to make a life for themselves and their family and friends and, and contribute to society, sit down over a cup of coffee or tea or whatever, a beer, and start to listen to one another, miracles happen. What are your thoughts about that, Arish? Mark Twain said it a lot better than I did. Um, I can't, I can't exactly remember the quote, but it was, it was something to the essence of the cure for ignorance is traveling the world. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's not so much any one type of interaction or any one mindset when you're traveling, but rather just the sheer exposure to different cultures. Yes. No matter how similar to yours they might be. So different cultures doesn't mean 
you know, going from Virginia to China. Mm -hmm. It could mean as simple as going from Virginia to New York or yes. Virginia to California. Um, yes. and, 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 and keeping an open mind, going in without saying, I'm here to defend or attack a specific view, but rather going with this, uh, this mindset of, you know, I want to just take in everything I'm seeing. Yes. Um, be, be a fly on the wall, be an observer, and, uh, and kind of just having fun, you know, meeting people, for, like you said, meeting normal people, meeting people for what they are, not mm -hmm. for what you want them to be. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 think, I think there's a tremendous amount of value in that. You know, my, my parents are both from India. Um, I was born in Chicago, but my parents were both born in India and mm -hmm. came to this country about 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and they take me, they take me back to India maybe five, six, seven times. Yes. Uh, over the course of my life, and I've gotten to experience the country in a very specific way, since it's usually around family when I'm going back with them. Yes. But this time, when I went back, so my last trip was in 2016. It was for my cousin's wedding, and that's where I met up with Ryan as well, who happened to be in the country at the same yes. time. Um, this time I had a lot more independence and I got to see it from a completely different lens and that really did change my perspective on the country. Mm. Um, let, me, let me really understand how the differences occur and how people there live, how people view different issues or even the same issues that I'm, I'm contending with just on different terms. And I think there's something really powerful about that. I, 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 I really do love that it's a part of so many other world cultures, and I hope we make it a, a larger part of our culture here in the, uh, in the early and mid-21st century in America. Yes. You know, what Otters just said reminded me of something I wanted to say to you, Ryan. If you have not, because, because of what you said, Ryan, reminded me of this movie, not the newer um, version of The Razor's Edge with Bill Murray, who I loved and got to work with, but the original Razor's Edge with Tyrone Power and Herbert Marshall and uh, a host of um, major actors. You, I think, would appreciate seeing that, Ryan, because I felt from what you were saying, your world travels, uh, you were very much like uh, Tyrone Power character in that. And to Ardish, you and what you're saying make me remember something I, I say a great deal. I didn't vote for Barack Obama because he was the first black president. I voted for him because of his multicultural experience. Of course, he was a constitutional attorney. That was great, too. But the fact that he had in his life, his life and himself in his life, had been such a part of many different points of view, cultures, viewpoints. I just thought, that's what we need in America. And you guys, how are you dealing with the current state of entrepreneurship and innovation uh, in higher education? I mean, you you have just sort of stepped out of or gra been graduated from our system of higher education. but. Uh, and, of course, you were moving on to educate others in a, in a new approach. I think that's fair to say. But how do you deal day-to-day, -day, your business and as individuals, as partners with the current state of entrepreneurship and innovation? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that there's so much to deal with as there is trends and, and uh, ways of thinking, kind of pedagogical approaches that are emerging uh -huh. that we can either choose to say that's what works for us 
or we can choose to say that doesn't work for us. It doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's different approaches. You know, there's heavily theoretical business plan driven entrepreneurship programs, and then there's much more open ended kind of free form entrepreneurship programs. Um, we, at least for me personally, I, I settle somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, where I do have my foot in a lot of the conservative kind of bread and butter principles of entrepreneurship and starting a business, but I also believe in some of the more emergent schools of thought on how a business should be formed and how a problem should be solved through entrepreneurship. Mm. Um, you know, the current state of affairs, both at the a local and a global uh, level, are extremely favorable for entrepreneurship. Yes. Um, you know, this is the most creative time in human history and the most accessible time in human history thanks to the internet, thanks to how connected we are as a global world, um, thanks to the information access that we have, which is unparalleled um, mm-hmm. at any other point in human history. So I, I think I think that now is the time for, for entrepreneurship to emerge. And we see it emerging in not just the higher ed arena, but all across. Um, both in the K through 12 arenas and in the professional uh, arenas where companies are investing in entrepreneurship. Yes. Um, that's actually a big market segment that we've been working with in Startship, where companies come to us and they say, hey, we want a program that our employees can use so they can solve problems entrepreneurially within our organization. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's no longer limited to the, the, the trope of, you know, a couple of hackers typing away in their parents' garage or mm-hmm. something like that. It's, it's, it's much more accessible and it's much more, in my opinion, it's much more of a need to have now than it ever has been in the past. Yes. Just because of the pace of innovation and the pace of technology. Well, I'm so happy to hear you say that because it isn't the medium, it's the, it's the people and how they use it. Ryan and you, Adish, are pursuing a generously educating entrepreneurial journey that I think makes the best use of this 21st century technology, uh, reaching, understanding that indeed the world is a village. I mean, it's as close to any computer, a smartphone. So tell us more about startship.co and your your day-to-day journey there. Uh, Ryan and, and then Artis, you, you come chime in. So, I guess I, uh, we started Starship, or I guess rather, Arish invited me to join him with his, on this journey um, back in March. And this is when I was in Australia, so mm-hmm. another testament to um, the, the technological you know, advances that have occurred in the last five years, even. Yeah, okay. yes. Arish and I, you know, we found this company over, you know, a few continents or routinely having five continental phone calls for free. Yes. Uh, you know, it's just like that even five years ago, that was not, not a thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's been a really interesting journey so far. I mean, we've gone through yeah, pretty much every stage you would expect to go through up to, you know, getting getting traction and finding your, your exact market niche. Um, obviously, is a much more seasoned entrepreneur than I am. Um, so he's kind of guiding the ship in that sense. Um, but uh, it's really just been, uh, every day has been kind of different. Every day we're dealing with a number of new issues and new problems with new ideas. Um, and it's really more of a getting, being able to manage those ideas and deciding which ones to act upon, which ones not to have conversations, decide 
what bits of information are actionable, which ones should be ignored, um, and really just trying to start up um, as leanly as possible, investing um, as little as possible for the most results, or the, the most you know valuable results, and really treating each day uh, like an experiment. Mm. Um, that's what we're you know always trying new things and always looking for um, new opportunities in that sense. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty interesting. Not sure what do you think? Yeah, um, echoing exactly what Ryan said, uh, you know, although I've been immersed in technology for the last, you know, 10, 15 years, mm. um, it still does shock me and, 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 and very pleasantly surprise me how a company could operate at very, very low overhead on a global scale, mm. um, which further, you know, bolsters this claim that this is the day and age to do entrepreneurship. Um, because all the, the world is at your fingertips. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I echo a lot of what Ryan said. I think, um, I think we're both very passionate about education as well. Um, just really want to see the world learn better. Yes. And that kind of helps where on, 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 on the more difficult days, on the days where we're not 100% sure what we need to do, or we're facing some sort of uh, a typical business setback, um, that's, that, 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 that's kind of our fallback. That's what we can kind of go towards and, and kind of regain our footing. Um, it's, and it's also just a ton of work. It's a ton of listening to people say no, and then figuring out how to turn their no into a yes, yes. or figuring out how to do things differently so they turn their no into a yes. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a blast. I, you, so, I, 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 I'm still enjoying it a year later, and uh, I know Ryan's smiling, so I think he's enjoying it too. <laughs> so what, what happens when, when you are consulting a potential client? What, what, how... Well, tell us what that is at Starship, uh, this consulting clients. Who are your clients? And uh, how does cons- is consulting your uh, part of your educational pr- approach? Explain that to um, us. So, so, so I personally consulted prior to starting Starship. It is still kind of a part of my job title mm-hmm. and uh you know, I, I haven't taken a contract in a very long time because I've been fully immersed in Starship. But it is separate from what we're building at Starship. Starship itself is a product. It's an e-learning product. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a web-based platform. You log in and you take classes on it. Oh, wow. Um, the, the difference there is most of the time when you think about e-learning or web-based education, you're logging in and you're watching videos. Uh-huh. With Starship, you're actually doing activities to learn these principles from the get-go. Um, so it's much more active learning. So a good example would be reading a recipe and then going out and trying it on your own versus having someone help you figure out each step by actually doing those steps in real time. So if you've done it right once, you can practice over and over again and, um, and, and hone your craft down the road. But that initial first step is so important, and that's where, if you look at if you look at motivation and uh, and how people work, that's the step that requires the most activation energy. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we're trying to crack. Our customers are are are, are, are really a wide swath of, of different individuals all coming together around a, a common interest around learning. 
know, our, 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 our age demographic is mostly between 18 and 30. Mm-hmm. So young professionals, young learners, um, or, or more seasoned professionals trying to pick up some new skills, become expert generalists within their field. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we have different levels of, of the product, but, you know, without making it too salesy, it's, 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 it's a lot, it's a lot more than, than, uh, a simple client engagement because it's product driven, but yes. we're not there. We have the product has to speak for itself. Did that answer your question, Marshall? It does, and I'd like to throw in my hat and all those people of the 20th century who still want to learn, are not finished, and still have something to contribute. I would imagine we would benefit. Uh, Why don't you give us a website? And and let's at least begin with that. How do we get a hold of you, and, and what are some of the steps? Because what I really appreciate, and I know, artists, you know this from me, I know that first step is always the most difficult, and we we all need uh, masterminds and and brain trusts and you know brainstorming and and uh, people who know what they're doing just to help us make the first step. After that, well, you know things get a little easier. I think. What do you guys think? First, your website. So that's S-T-A-R-T-S-H-I-P dot C-O. And in terms of, in terms of learning, uh, I, I do think that the first step is the hardest. I think uh, the, the follow-through is where you also get a lot of attrition. So getting disciplined about becoming a student of whatever you want to learn. It's not just about reading a book or doing a discrete activity. It's about making it a part of your routine and kind of building a discipline around it that allows you to hone your practice. And that takes time, effort, age. It's not something that I I, I get naturally with every subject. It's not something any one person can claim to be an expert at. But yeah, having a strong foundation really does help with that. Would you agree, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, learning is a lifelong process, right? Yes. It's never... This is something yeah, exactly. It's UVA coming out. Um, but um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a strong believer that you're never too old to learn, and you're never too old that you shouldn't learn. Exactly. Um, the world is always changing. There's always new things to to be, you know, experiencing and understanding. And if, if you're if not keeping up with it, you'll you'll fall behind in some way. It might not be like academics. You're not academics. Your grades fall when you're like, you know, sixty or fifty or out of school or whatever. But it's an intangible thing that you can't necessarily put a finger on or a number on that are really, you know, defines who you are as a person. If you're not learning those, you're, you're never going to grow personally. Exactly. And I, and I think also we should throw in, it is a fact that as, as one ages, the more you challenge your brain by thinking and investigating and learning and trying new things even new methods for a different approach. You actually feed your brain, and it returns clarity and uh, longevity. So, and, and these are scientific facts. And by, by longevity, I mean your brain stays with you and works. So teaching oneself, finding people who can teach you, widening your experience, and again, coming back to that people-to-people um, to where we all need to be going, certainly as a country, but as individuals. The country is the sum total of 
of our individualism and our desire to do better and be better. Anyway, I don't want to go out on my little speech. Remind us again of the, uh, the you guys are based in Richmond, Virginia? Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, remind us of the uh, website, the mission, and where do you see yourselves next year when we talk to you? Absolutely. Arish? You know, I, I, I think the biggest takeaway, as Ryan said, is be a better learner. We're, we're all told what we need to learn, but uh, there isn't a schooling system in the world that kind of emphasizes becoming a better learner, that kind of first principles approach. Um, and we really, really want people to, to get there. And we built a product that we, can, that we believe and have kind of proven that we can help them get there. But, um, but it's, 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 it's something, it's going to be a, a larger effort. Uh, as Ryan said, building communities, um, really, really getting people to learn from one another is, is important to that mission. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm excited for what the future holds. I think, I think there's a lot of really cool ways that we can take the company, take the product, apply the product, and, uh, you know, it, it, it would be nice to see it go international. What do you think, Ryan? Take on a six continent tour. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love it. Oh, yeah, oh. We need to say the penguins. Yeah, seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah, seven, seven all ten continents. Yeah. Uh, okay, then. We've been talking to Adish Ramakrishnan and Ryan Donahue of Startship.co. And it has been an incredible invitation to learning and uh, embracing the 21st century technology the internet, uh, uh, and, and through the, the conversations with each other with an open mind uh, to differences uh, and change and growth to, um, to be better people and by extension better countries, better nations, a better world. Okay, that's what I'm taking away from it. You guys have really opened my eyes and my mind, and I so appreciate Artish and Ryan being on the show today. We wish you all the best in all you do, okay? All right. Thank you so much, Marcello. Uh, you got it. Bye now. All right. Cheers. Cheers. 
My grandfather I lost when I was 17. And, my and see like the sea of purple. People have been impacted by this disease, but when it comes to have been diagnosed um, with Alzheimer's as well. Um, in the fall, we were doing the walk to end Alzheimer's. Um, and that was the first event where I saw um, the community really come together for this one event. And um, it was raining that day, it was cold, but um, it, a bunch of people, there were so many people out there because they believe that this is an issue that's worth um, their time. With the Junior Alzheimer's Association, I've been honored to plan certain things that are happening in the community to make a difference in the community at a young age and we also help fight the fight against Alzheimer's. My overreaching uh, goal every day is about concern and awareness. Raising concern about the disease, awareness about the Alzheimer's Association. My mom's been gone 10 years now and I'm just feeling like I wanna be involved. Support please the Alzheimer's Association, thank you. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. American Beauty and the Beasts Beware media fixating public on bull in a China shop gesticulating middle finger to world community risks re-elections of America's historic beasts. Yet, while gerrymandering and Donald Trump dispel decency, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. and Bear Tavern fifth graders mirror American beauty. That our 45th isn't a presidential fit preferred by most is less horrific than allowing him to enter us in a race against ourselves, denigrating the educational achievements of Africans, Haitians whose courageous ancestors helped transfer us from European tyranny to our land of the free exceptionalism, and Puerto Ricans who, while not William Howard Taft's little brown brothers, were nonetheless invaded into American World War I conscription. Narrowing POVs, myopic jargon, and oblivious tweets are colossal misuse of life limited by weather extremes, food deserts, flint water, and half-hearted renewable energy prep. Nonetheless, unless we fail to vote ourselves outside the box where conservatism and corporatism build our future on sand, we will again be the masters of our soul, with this caveat. If we persist in wallowing in the avalanche of 21st century republicanism, we the people could collude in a pack with the devil. Instead of being the beauty all life on earth would lovingly embrace, for a morsel of respect. So, shaking off forever the dust of gender inequality, income disparity, rainforest destruction, and animal slaughter for sport, let us cleanse the racist excrement smeared on our Statue of Liberty heritage by a Jim Crow immigration ethos. It's not just opportunists appointed to ignore American international history, lacking any appreciation for the sacrifice of tens of thousands of female American, LGBTQ American, Muslim American, African American, Asian American, Latino American, and Native American citizens who preserve, protect, and defend all, including Caucasians. It's unseen brokers hedging anti-American bets. 
From Estcourt Station, Maine, to San Diego, California, Americans deserve better than a pilot president washing his hands of American protectorates and territories. Our beauty is being both good Samaritans and good stewards, like first responders to domestic terrorism, firefighters conquering city and forest fires, Volunteers rebuilding Texas and Florida post-Harvey and Irma still insisting on more than a neophyte's bread-toss response to the punishing Maria aftermath in Puerto Rico, while beasts expose us to offshore drilling perils for profit. In sharp contrast, countless nurses and caregivers, teachers and social workers, parents and police, doctors and lawyers, military families, even some bankers and lobbyists, who sacrifice daily to uplift, heal, and untether our sometimes beastly past for the potential of an enlightened, harmonious future, many bearing little resemblance to our pale-faced founding father's gender or sexual persuasion. Still, America, beware corporate religious and political magicians who pledge to turn us against each other, disappearing both our beauty and prestige like Walmart publicly proclaiming its new $11 minimum wage while quietly firing employees. Or now television CEO Pastor Mark Burns whitewashing the darkness shaming American diplomacy and Sarah Huckabee Sanders selling her soul for those devoid of empathy. Believing Trump is America's only elected beast is what fuels the imbalance between our past good and current ugliness, harassment and the harassed, and our habitual tendency to lockstep with short-term memory. October 1962, on the brink of nuclear war with Soviet Union, President Kennedy's primary concern for 13 days, a chain of command miscalculation. January 2018, for 38 minutes, Hawaii experienced a nuclear miscalculation, still believing duck and cover spares nuclear holocaust. Calling out foreign hackers and domestic hucksters, attempting a hoax on our reason, will vanquish foes to America's diverse beauty, and expose corporate and congressional self-aggrandizement for the treason it is. A giving character aligns us with the integrity of all life on earth, thus preventing America's destruction by the braggadocious and morally bankrupt. Racism, sexism, and refusal to progress forward are the beasts that threaten our epiphany, haunt our good deeds, and deplete our finite existence. Second-class citizenship is a man-made infection, staining places of employment from migrant workers to Wall Street suites. However, even when losing our way to disarray, disgrace, and deception, a Time's Up and Me Too duo ushers in our ethical climate change, where women are valued and men listen. Once again, beauty warns, it's not the beast without, but within. We need purge. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.
Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.